Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 74 with the man, Uncle Tito. He's returning for the first time since episode 27. If you're new to the podcast, tuning in for the first time, subscribe. It's a really fun podcast. My name's Galen Nash. I've been hosting this since 2018. We've had a lot of great guests, Trevor Wallace, Mark Normand, porn stars, UFC champions, professional athletes, ex-girlfriends, all sorts of shit. It's a fun podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to the podcast and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Barely Serious, this is episode 74, the return of the great and powerful Uncle Tito. How you doing, man? Oh, fantastic. I think I got a little sleep last night. So <laughs> I, I know you're up late and sleeping like a hibernating bear, Mr. Galen Nash, but in my neck of the woods, it's to bed by like 9 and up by, it could be 1.30, 2.35, again at 3.45, <laughs> then at 5, but I'm up literally by five every morning we got two young kids it's crazy town over here how old are they so we've got a two-year-old named indiana and we just had another baby girl named river she is almost four months oh man dude that's so cool what's it like being a girl dad to shout out to kobe bryant it's straight mamba mentality for real i just was talking to this guy who has three girls so we're not going to try for another child um, my wife is forcing me into a visectomy, and for those of you that don't know what that means, you actually like surgically kind of castrate. They don't take your balls away, but <laughs> it's it's scary. It's scary. Do you can you still like nut? You can still bust a full on nut. Um, I mean, I'm not speaking from experience because <laughs> I don't have it yet, but I'm going to be going under a c- consultation with a doctor um, to find out more about this. Well, they tie your tubes, so like, shouldn't there be nothing coming out? How do they? It's just dust. It's just poof. Yeah, I don't know. They've technology these days, right? They figure it all out. That'd be fucking wild. So we're here to uh, just really quickly, let's go ahead and plug this up top. Backyard Squabbles. What is that? How are you involved and where can people find this? Yeah, super excited about this venture. Um, an organization called Backdoor Squabbles. Um, they do these, you know, they're amateur MMA boxing matches that kind of take place in backyards and they got their second one coming up and they reached out to Uncle Tito to do the ring announcing and I was honored and stoked because that's actually like the long tail play for me. I really want to be the next Michael Buffer. Right. That's crazy. So the next one you said was October 17th. It's coming at us and you can go on my uh, Instagram at OC News and links in my bio buy tickets. I mean, they're going to sell out. It's going to be an amazing event. They have security guards. They're doing, you know, temperature testing, wear your mask, um, you know, food and drink concessions. And there's eight fights going down. So it should be awesome. Holy shit. Eight. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think any of their previous fights (laughs) came to a decision. So. They're uh, they're knockout bloodbaths. And how much are tickets? I think they range from like twenty five to forty five. I think they have like VIP general admission. They had like early bird specials. So I don't know where they're gonna fall, but they're somewhere in that price range. Man, that sounds sick. Eight fights just someone's backyard. I'm gonna have to pull up. It's a, it's in Orange County, right? It's actually LA based, but they're okay. gonna be you know bringing it down to Orange County eventually. They're planning on going nationwide with this, so we'll see where it goes. It's it's you know just a venture that I'm getting involved with, and hey, it, any chance to get up on the stage, just like you, you do comedy. I'll and do like, it anywhere, dude. You got to take you know what you can get out there, especially when you're starting out. And mm-hmm. um, 
I'd be doing it for free if some like young, you know, amateur organization wanted me to get out there to do kids, you know, boxing or whatever kids. it might be. Kids, oh yeah. no, man. Kids are kids. throwing blows these days. It started <laughs> early now, dude. I'm gonna have my two little girls become like the next future UFC champions. Mark my word. Does she has she ever like gotten? She's like preschool age, right? I think it's even pre preschool. I mean, she just turned two, so she's. Oh, I'm retarded. She's yeah. just running around, climbing on stuff, getting <laughs> into things, dude. The other day, I'm in the in the living room, and she, we got a brand new refrigerator because she was opening the doors on the refrigerator, and she's able to now open the freezer at the bottom. She comes out with an ice cream. A cup of ice cream from Confetti. Confetti shout out, dude. Confetti okay. ice in Costa Mesa makes the most amazing ice cream. And they have custard. It's just fire. But she's got a spoon she got out of the drawer. She's got the ice cream and she's digging in on it. I'm like, this is not happening. This smart ass kid. What the hell at two? She's, dude, she's a whip. Knows what she wants, at least. You know, you know this. Dude. She's not she, grabbing the carrots. She likes that sugar. She is firing on all cylinders right now <laughs> keeping her dad you know on the move all the time uh, how, how often do you get out and surf now you know i only cash those chips in with the wife when i speculate the forecast is looking to be really good so not as much as i'd like to i mean kids cut in on i mean all aspects of life of it just removes the selfish me totally evaporates it it just really? becomes all about you which is the family um me time is you know it's a balance it's a yin it's a yang having a wife and raising kids is is very challenging you'll get there one day galen will i though i don't know man i don't know it's, it's something where people have asked me it's actually weird because i was at this party uh and i just kind of forget this is the what's the party Huh? What what's a party, dude? For real, it was out. It was outdoors, socially distanced, kind of. But it was um, it was um, this was a while ago, and there were. This is episode seventy four of the podcast. They're all over an hour long. Congrats, so like, thank you, I appreciate it. And um, and so like there was somebody was asking me about. They're like, oh, like like what's your like ideal girl? Like like are you gonna go out with someone? Just like making small talk. And some guy was standing like in the circle. And he's like, oh, he doesn't date. And I, I kind of like look over. I was like, what? And he's like, oh, did I listen to the podcast? And he's like, yeah, he doesn't date because of like he's career first, all this stuff. And I was just like, damn, now people are like answering the questions for me. I was like, what the hell? But right. it's just like, that's like interesting because it's like I forget some of the things. Like I'm just like an hour long. I don't remember like half the stuff we talked about on our episode. It was like an hour. It was like a year and a half ago. And so it's just like, holy crap, you know, but it's interesting that people really do like pay attention to this stuff and like remember this stuff. Whereas I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I don't know if I'm going to date, man. It's kind of, you know, it's like this, you, you say something and you have to almost live it up. Right. Once it's out there in the public's eye or on a podcast, which is then circulated online, you know, it's not like just like a story on Instagram that goes away every 24 hours. You might right. say some stupid ass shit, but tomorrow by this time it's gone. But a podcast, you know, kind of lives and breathes and takes on its own voice. And people that are core to your following that, you know, you start out with a cult, you know, cult following. It's kind of an organic grassroots type of deal. People get on, on it and then they get to know you. They almost like they're living through you in a lot of ways. So they're holding you accountable to the words that you want. <laughs> but I will tell you this, your mindset as someone in your early 20s, it changes it keeps evolving so the way you feel now isn't necessarily how you're going to feel even like a year from now or maybe six months from now or but definitely 
they say your your cycle of life, even your cells inside your body, they change every seven years. Right. So you're going to be a completely different person in seven years, Galen. Well, I hope I still have the jawline, you know. Well, that sexy jawline. <laughs> but I tell you what, there's a video of you that I recently saw that was hilarious with you in the back seat with this fine young honey. <laughs> you guys were kind of like doing this little skit, and it was so funny. You were singing these like vicious rap songs. It was just like <laughs> super like... You know, you know, talking about bitches and hoes or whatever it was. And you started busting those lines out in the middle of like a makeout <laughs> session. You got to check that out. Well, fill us in on that one. That was the, the second most recent post on my page. But it, it was this sketch that I wrote. I wrote it in the shower, actually, because I was just thinking about it. it was based on a real it was a Tinder. The last time I went on a Tinder date. Uh, I'm banned now, but the last time I went on a t- <laughs> that's a story went, for a different time. <laughs> yeah, the last time I went on a Tinder date and like it was the fir- this was the f- like I've had sex with at least a few women. Like it's not like Congrats. a ton. Thank you, appreciate it. But uh, this is the first time I had ever. She wanted to like to play music, and so she was like, "We're about to like do it," and she's like, "Hey, like, can you put on some music?" And I was just like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "Just like something to like set the mood, just like play some music." And I was like, "I don't like." It's like like what? And I was like, so "This was back in December, so Little Wayne had just dropped his new <laughs> album," and so I was like, "Oh, Little Wayne just dropped Funeral," and she's like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, nah, like, and she put on like this R and B crap and I don't listen to, like, it was like, it was something like R and B is cool, but like, this was like some su- sub genre of R and B. And it's like the whole time we were doing it, I wasn't, I couldn't finish. Cause in my head I was just like, dude, this sucks. I was like, this is like the worst music I've ever heard. And then I was thinking about it like a few months later in the shower. Uh, and I wrote the sketch and then we filmed it like a week later and it tur- uh, shout out to Frank. He filmed it and edited it. Frank Xavier Escalante. And it was, it was awesome. It was the same guy who filmed the sketches that we did with Evan. You know, having someone that can actually cut something up the right way is so important. I think now more than ever, like there's so much junk out there. It's so <laughs> watered down and really like the stuff that we're like, you know, ingesting or downloading into our psyche it's so dumbed down like the days of really crafty filmmaking it's it's not as relevant it people don't care as much they just want that one minute clip to just be like okay that got me off what's next and there's a great documentary that just came out on netflix about you know the human psyche and how these social platforms are just you know manipulating us in a way that's like very dangerous and it kind of scares me for you know my children growing up and I think it's our part to like really help and educate and groom and set kind of assertive boundaries for the youth of tomorrow. That is very interesting because especially with like TikTok and like, like Vine kind of that started off that started off later, but you're crying baby in the background. We're, <laughs> my, we're, we're going to maybe have to go in there. So keep going. Um, but, um, dude, like I didn't get my first phone until I was like 13, 14. Now all these kids are in like third grade, fourth grade and they have like cell phones they have access to the entire internet like dude it's completely like changing the way you have to raise kids not that i have any experience in that but i have a four-year-old little brother and it's like dude we better not get that kid a phone until he's like older because they're like watching porn they're like smoking weed like having sex dude at like like 11 i'm like what the hell like yeah it's it's nuts and you remember these little you know little beings that come into our world and it's just like anything until you've actually walked down and picked up a diploma and graduated college, you can only watch movies to think how it might actually be and say, I can speculate or talk on that, like getting married, but specifically having children, it is, it, 
it consumes you in a way that like y you you really don't have any any idea and you know falling in love you know something that's going to happen to you one day <laughs> um you know that first love relationship that addiction that deep found you know uh you know something that you share with another human being that's so intimate and like with children i mean you're literally like cleaning the poop off their butts you know <laughs> i mean you know you're reading them stories every night and this one's crying right now so you talk for a second. I'm going to go grab my three-and-a-half-month-old River and bring her out here. She'll be the first young buck really on this podcast. Right. We'll Sounds pick like back a plan. Up. Hold on. Sounds like a plan. Man, Uncle Tito, dude, I met this guy like two years ago. Back, He like he like tried to dabble a little bit up in stand-up comedy, uh, and so I've been doing stand-up for a few years now. If you listen to the podcast, you know. Uh, man, that's crazy. So like when I met this dude, he didn't even have fucking kids, and now he's got kids. My homie Aaron's got a kid. Uh, Andrew Santa Maria just posted today that him and his girlfriend are pregnant. Um, dude, like my homie's ex-girlfriend has two kids, and it's funny because like back when they were together back in high school, they had a, they had a pregnancy scare, and it's like, and he found out that if she didn't miscarry, that she was gonna keep it. Oh, <laughs> she's so small. She's so cute. River, you've got a little, we call them little BB suckers in her mouth. Can you say anything? <laughs> say something. <laughs> she can't speak yet. She can cry, though. Hopefully for she'll sure. stay silent for us. <laughs> so speaking of, like, in the beginning, you said, like, grassroots style, all this stuff about starting. Like, I don't even think I asked you last time. Like, how, oh, she's smiling. Uh, how did you start OC Instant News? Like, when did that start? How did you grow it? Yeah, I mean... Basically, I went to school for film and TV. I went to Loyola Marymount University, so I graduated with a degree in uh, TV productions. And upon graduating, I landed a job. Uh, I started a production company making surf videos. One second, let me get her out of her sleep sack. No worries. Hey, buddy. So yeah, I started a production company making surf videos, and. We made our first uh, movie called Snapped, um, S-N-A-P-T, Snap One, and uh, I got an opportunity to audition for a TV show on Fox called 54321. It was an action sports show. It was the first of its kind on Fox. It came after the best damn sports show, you know, every day, five days a week, and I landed the gig. Oh, you know? shit. It was nuts. Like, and these were really the deep-seated dreams that I was like, I wanted to be an entertainer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, had a good run with that show, probably had like, you know, 50 episodes in the can with them and, uh, you know, all good things come to an end. I, I ended up telling one of the producers, I think to fuck off because, uh, <laughs> I thought our sports needed to be presented in a certain core, you know, way and keeping the culture real and grassroots. And like, that's kind of what action sports was. And mm -hmm. it, it became its own beast of itself. And we can... I can talk for days on that stuff. But anyway, like I, I stayed up in Hollywood and I, I grinded it out going to auditions, but I was a little young. Like I was, you know, 22, 23. And, you know, it was a time when these reality TV shows were really coming to light. Mm -hmm. um, and all the hosts of these TV shows just seemed to be a little bit older than me. And uh, 
I wasn't able to land anything. And it was, it was a humbling experience. I was with Abrams artists. Like I had an agent, like I was, I was kind of like, I was going to Fox parties with Bud Bundy and Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I mean, like this was like, it was really cool, but you know, looking back on it, like I was in my, you know, crazy days of, you know, drinking, smoking weed, partying, uh, you know, the ego was running the show. I mean, so much of, being young and dumb is like so true. Like you mm-hmm. really don't know until you're kind of like out of it and looking back on it. Um, but I never landed another thing. My life just kind of took a different course and I got into some sales positions, started selling loans and you know, time just went by. And I mean, fast forward, I'm sitting at a desk uh, selling online advertising and I was just like, I couldn't believe like this was what it, what I had, you know, become, I was successful. You right. know, I've, I've bought a home and like, you know what I mean? Like things, you know, on the outside look good, but inside I was kind of dying inside, not just because I wasn't really chasing my dreams, but there were other issues that I was going through as well. Right. Um, and I'm listening to a podcast while I'm at work, which <laughs> is, you know, pretty funny in itself with Joe Rogan and Gary V and they're literally talking to me. They're saying, you know, Gary and Joe are talking about how they got their career started. And, you know, I think it was Gary said to Joe, like, I challenge anyone out there that's listening to this podcast podcast that's sitting at a job that they hate and they know they have a dream inside and they're not chasing it from this day forth. (laughs) Walk out of that job and push all your chips in on your dreams. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. And uh, I had an Instagram. It was just my last name, Towersy. Mm-hmm. And I, it was not about clout or nothing like right. that. Like I just would post my dumb pictures of what I was doing and never like anticipating anything. I think I had like a couple thousand followers, which still is like, you know, that's it was never about the following. Or right. Anything, right. You know? How um, long ago was this? This was almost like three and a half years ago. I okay. think, you know, maybe even close to four years. And uh, I started just doing reporting, like just going out throughout Orange County and, and really the beach community and like kind of just turning this alter ego on. And as I started doing it, you know, the family was like, I don't know if this is, you know, you know, you're using the family name, you're doing some kind of the kind of crazy off the wall stuff. <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, I'm on to something. You know, when people actually come at you and, and not necessarily put you down, but maybe disagree, like, you have something there, Mm -hmm. you know, just because someone's disagreeing with what you feel is your, you know, mindset or, you know, your dreams or, you know, your, the choice of career you're taking, if you're a stripper or maybe it's porn or who knows, like comedy is like a a sketchy, you know, career path to take in itself. Mm You probably have felt your own hardships and growing pains with that. So, um, from that day I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave towers. as it is, that'll stay my, family page where I can post things that are just just dumbed down pictures of what's going on and I started Oceans News and I created my alter ego which was my nickname Tito growing up in high school and I put an uncle in front of it because I'd earned the uncle title in Hawaii we always look up to the older guys and we call them uncle it's it's like a cultural family type of like sentimental right, name right. Does, you know? So I was that kind of like your cool uncle Tito that like maybe your, <laughs> your dad's brother who like, you know, he might be estranged from him, but he's always fun when he comes over. Right. right. So that's kind of how it all began. <sighs> it was zero followers. I've never paid for a follower. I've never paid for any promotion. I've never done anything 
but do what I want to do and I've stayed in my lane and uh, certainly there's been man I mean there's been you know th over three years of going at it and so much has changed so much has changed with OC Instant News and yeah. with Uncle Tito I mean for a little bit there was Tito Exotic you know I was Exotic Joe <laughs> like the, <laughs> the tiger tamer you know what I mean and, <laughs> and having kids and you know, the wild side is is slowly being edged out. And that's tough for a lot of my fans that like mm -hmm. really want to see me out there just creating controversial content. Right. Um, but, you know, at some point, especially with the this pandemic that hit us, a lot of people had a lot of too much time on their hands. Mm -hmm. And I've been kind of the victim of people coming at me in ways that you can't even imagine. I mean... <sighs> I can handle, I got shark skin, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, but like the things that people will say is downright vicious and malicious and it's ugly. Like seeing the ugly side of someone that doesn't want to even put their face on a profile, you know? Like, is, like what? Like, oh, I mean, you know, they start taking shots at your children or your family and, fuck. you know, saying things that is like so disturbing and like, okay, I can wipe that by, like, I, you know? my address here like people starting doxing me putting profiles up and putting my address out to everybody my phone number like obsessive calls prank calls text messaging like is that um, why you got a new number got a new number yeah uh you know the amount of people started sending food deliveries to my house during the pandemic when these small businesses are hurting i'm talking like hundreds of dollars of food from each oh. business showing up one after the other like one night we unpaid had, for yeah un expecting me to pay for it but like i'm i'm sorry sir like i didn't order you know wontons chinese food today, <laughs> you know um but it was it was hard and in in the cool part about that was that when people would send hotties pizza to my house, you know, $150 worth of food with the kid pulling up in his Mustang is just trying to make a buck. Right. You know, he's going home without a tip. Right. But I take to OC Instant News and for every one hater there might be, I've got, you know, hundreds of people right. that like love, you know, what I do because I speak my truth. I, I don't really like putting that out there was was tough in itself because it kind of gives power to the hater to the person that's doing this mm -hmm. um but i said hey if anyone can order these pizzas or wants to eat tonight there's some pizzas right now and like i had people calling up and saying we'll pay for the order you know which is rad you know that's so dope turning a positive out of a negative is is pretty cool touching back uh right before that we talked about uh ocs news like, dude, you've kind of become like the guy in Orange County because I remember, remember when um, it was like, I don't, I think it was like a year ago when like somebody got like stabbed like at downtown Huntington and there was like that video and like, dude, I remember whatever page posted the video, half the comments are people tagging you, Tito, share this, like Tito, like help us find this guy, like all this stuff and. Yeah, that was a, you know, I remember that. I think you shared it and then they found the guy. I don't think I did share that one because oh. I think the guy had a chess piece, which was a, uh predominantly Huntington Beach gang you know what I mean and right like, there's certain you know there's certain things that I just don't want to touch you know right because if it's easy for just some random troll to know what my address is to send pizzas I don't need a bunch of fucking dumb shits coming over here causing mischief to my right. home and right. you know our and I got a security system on the home now from smart uh, uh, from a uh, titanium they do a great job 
but yeah, like I think, you know, as I've had my second child, the importance is like really like being mindful that like creating controversy, even though I think it's fun and I get off on it, isn't always the best thing for, you know, especially the, the time that we're living in. People right. are just too sensitive. I love calling people out as being snowflakes. but yeah. like, <laughs> And does it make me a, a sensitive snowflake now that I'm kind of like backing off of it? No, I'm just, you know, I'm not a one trick pony. Like right. it, it wasn't always it, what people don't understand. I didn't set out to do this um, to become, you know, uh, this online, you know, uh, you know, character. This was all about showcasing my talents as like a personality so I could get picked up for maybe a hosting gig or a news station or, right. you know, doing podcasts with you, um, you know, or doing ring announcing. So I'm really trying to like tweak it and I've stripped it down. I've taken everything controversial off my page. You really? Know, there's still a few things like pouring gasoline on my head, which <laughs> I thought was just totally like a first of its kind. No one did that. So it's hard to come up with things that are unique mm -hmm. nowadays. Like everyone's done something, right? Didn't you, didn't you go into the, uh, go into like a Ralph's or something too? Yeah. And that's the other thing. <laughs> I, I trolled everybody with that because I went into the Ralph's first without pouring the gasoline on my head in my wetsuit. And I was telling people in there, Hey, like you smell like gasoline. Can you say that to me? So I shot it in, in reverse, you know? Nice. And then I went and poured the gasoline on my head straight out of the pump at the 76 station and people flipped their lid. I mean, at this point in time, I was the unofficial official mayor of Newport Beach. <laughs> I was going around with a ruler. I, I was the first to do the ruler, six foot ruler. I was doing, you know, social distancing and um, it was... <laughs> It was classic. Somebody went out and they were so upset with me getting attention that they made these wanted posters saying like, <laughs> you know, and they started posting them up all over Newport Beach of like, you know, the village idiot, uh, Uncle Tito, beware of this guy. He poured gas on his head and like, you know, like, watch out, road cyclist. This guy will pull up on you like, you know, and. So I just went around and I'm like, this is great. What a killer grassroots marketing campaign yeah. this person did for me. And I went. <laughs> That's the first baby you've ever had on your podcast. It is. Um, so I started going around to all of the, the wanted posters and writing with a Sharpie. Like your you Instagram forgot to handle, put right? My Instagram handle <laughs> on there. Like, check me out. Right. That was really funny. I remember I went on a run one time and I saw that and I was like, no way. And then he started posting about it. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Do you so, ever find out who that was? No, never. I, I, I had an itching suspicion. There was a kid, there was someone claimed they knew who it was and I went knocking on their door. It was like <laughs> some kid's house and I talked to his parents and <laughs> it didn't turn out. It was little Johnny. But uh, I think it was these, this crew from Huntington Beach who was really upset that I had set a standard during the, the, the height, the peak of the, the scare tactics that we were all going to catch coronavirus. And it was about, you know, surf local, stay local, support local. Right. And it was about keeping the people in Huntington, surfing Huntington, the guys in San Clemente, you surf San Clemente, the guys in Newport, we'll surf Newport, the guys in LA, you surf LA. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened was LA got shut down. Yeah. Okay. So all the beaches in LA got shut down. Governor Pubson, um, <laughs> he, he was, you know, giving tickets out to people that were surfing. So all these surfers started coming down to Newport because Newport was open. So it just became a shit show. They, they shut down like the state parking on the river jetty side of Huntington beach. And so all the guys were dwelling over to the Newport side, you know, where they could find parking. So 
it wasn't this turf war between Huntington Beach and Newport Beach. That wasn't what it was about. And right. people people flip things in their head and they just they formulate their own opinion. They formulate, you know, this a narrative that they think is what what the truth is when it w- was totally the furthest thing from the truth. I love everybody from Huntington. Huntington Beach is one of my biggest demographics for my right. following, you know. <laughs> so just some ding dongs from Huntington Beach. <laughs> yeah, another um another thing that happened during the pandemic that people had uh issue with or whatever. Remember when um it was the the parking meter guy? Oh, yeah, the, the parking easy, meter guy. Easy E. Easy E. So and the cool thing is, is like you can make a mistake and, you know, you can go back and make an amends and that had a full circle story on it. But the thing that's crazy is that I did, wasn't so aware of the fact that, you know, this group called, I think it's City Park or whatever, they're nationwide company that has gone in and basically all these, you know, cities that had outdated quarter meters, they came in with these boxes that you can use the app and this is owned by one company and they have these these cars that drive around with the cameras on top so they're scanning your plates they're right. giving out all the tickets and they're making money while the Newport Beach um, city council let go of all the people that were working for them all the all the people during the pandemic got let go on furlough and they just had this you know parking group just cranked up and they were out there giving tickets to everybody during the pandemic when like Dude, lighten up on the parking ticket situation while we're going through something that's gnarly. Everyone's losing their jobs and you're giving tickets. And this guy pulled up on me while I was checking the waves, which I do every morning. There's right. places you can look at the waves in, in Newport and I pulled my truck up there. Yes, it's illegal. You're blocking a potential life-saving rescue that's going to go on and come off the beach, which I'd be able to see and reverse <laughs> my truck out of. But, you know... And these are the things like it's the double standards of life and the hypocrisy. So maybe I'm being hypocritical. Maybe I'm, I'm being, you know, this this do, this rule doesn't apply to me because I want to check the way. So it depends how far you want to take things, you know, and like I'm never going to stop pulling up and checking the wave. If that's going to cost me a ticket on the occasion that someone catches me. Right. Which this guy pulled up and I was really cool to him. And uh, he just was in one of those moods we don't know how everybody wakes up in the morning right 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 i mean you woke up at 10 something this morning (laughs) right but you know i woke up at five and you don't know how many times i was up last night and what mood i might be in so we gotta sometimes i i I find myself calling people out or getting on people's cases when really like i've got no right to i'm powerless over people places and things at the end of the day you know so what makes me god you know right I got, I got to be mindful of that stuff. I got to keep myself in check. How did that resolve? Cause there was a resolution at the end of it, wasn't there? Yeah. So I ended up, I'm like, I'm just thinking this guy's a donkey and he's never <laughs> served a day in his life. And he looks like easy, which is actually a compliment more than anything. Cause easy is a, the real motherfucking G. Um, uh, I think two mornings later, I'm down at river jetties checking the waves and who's walking out of the water with a soft top from a wave storm from Costco? It's easy. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I got the camera out. I'm like, you're the parking meter guy that freaking gave me the ticket. You surf. You're an actual server. And you're out here giving tickets, servers, checking waves. And you know, we had a, we got to have a, a good conversation. The funniest part about that is he was associated with the security company also. And this lady from Huntington Beach who owned the security company, she went to Facebook 
to avenge this guy. And she got all these security guard guys hyped up, private security guard guys, which are, you know, for the most part, these are guys that are, you know, I'm not sure if all of them passed college or even right. high school, you know, and, and they started coming at me. She was posting things about racism in there. I mean, it was wild. And I tracked this lady down and had a real conversation with her. Like, I completely forgot about that. And really? So it just, it, things can spin out of control real fast. <laughs> Dude, how did, um, um, pedophile mark the chronicles of pedophile Mark. how'd you even like catch that case like how'd that come to the forefront of tito yeah and i think that's one of the problems with you know some of the the homeless situation that we see today like he's homeless he's a homeless guy yeah he's a transient so oh. the transients you know typically might still have some game left where they maybe have a car or you know but transients are homeless and the transient child molesters are one of the biggest issues I think we face in, in California, um, especially with Governor Newsom passing a recent bill which lacks, um, you know, pedophiles that are able to, like, do inappropriate things with children 10 years younger than them. Like, this guy passes bills on that. So we're faced with things as parents that we got to be mindful of. But... Pedal Mark came into my, you know, scope um, and in my crosshairs, just like Tabarsi did. Um, and Pedal Mark is a guy that, you know, goes up and down the coastline from San Clemente to Long Beach. Th that's his stalking grounds. And he is a claims to be a reformed Christian kind of Bible thumper. Mm -hmm. And he likes to go and seek out young girls specifically. He'll go up and start talking to them, <sighs> spreading the word of God, and he'll, you know, get them to lighten up and, and, and he'll, you know, bait them in like a like an ice cream man, so to speak, preaching the word of God. And next thing you know, he's taking pictures of w girls down at the beach by themselves. And I just felt like that was wrong. Like, that, I mean, it is wrong. It's completely wrong. How can you be taking pictures of a 14-year-old girl in a bikini down in Laguna Beach? Like, it just seems so not right. So how did you, how did you, like, end up, like, how did this come to your attention? So it totally came to my attention through my following, you know, and, like, people keep me aware of things that are happening, and I kind of pick and choose what stuff I'm going to go after, but the... The, the things with children is, is big for me. Like, I, I really think that, like, molestation of children is probably one of the most vicious things that can happen to mm -hmm. a kid. And, you know, the psyche is fragile. We were all, I mean, we were all kids at one time. Like, yeah. it's scary being kind of a prepubescent teenager, you know, boy or girl, you know. And, you know, so my heart goes out to anyone that's been molested or has had any type of trauma like that now is this dude like has he been like convicted he's been convicted yeah. <sighs> he's got a rap sheet he'll deny it to the to the umph degree but it's right there for the look up online you know and that's the other thing everything's searchable these days you can hide but you can't run so this dude pulled up by your house yeah he he started doxing me he once i what does that mean doxing's like giving out phone numbers on the oh. of people um once I exposed him and I started tracking him a little bit and started confronting him, which I pulled down all the footage of Mark. I pulled down all the really? footage of Tabarsi. Like, you know, I've actually made an, made an amends with Pedo Mark, like saying, like, you know what? Like, I'm done, done with this. Like, right. I've made my point, And uh, he's one of those people that is 
really crazy in the head. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm going to put you over here. Hold on. Babies, man. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Pedo Mark basically, uh, once I was put him on blast, he didn't like it too much. And he. I mean, I could see why. Like, why would you want to be exposed like that? But he, he deserved it. He has, you know, technology, he has cameras, he has computers, he has phones. And how he's able to pay for all this stuff, I still don't know. But he cons people. He's one of those guys that, like, gets in with churches and groups that will show pity on him. So, are you hungry? You want mother's milk? I can make you a bottle. So, basically, long story short, he started coming back at me by making online profiles, putting my wife's pictures up, putting my children's pictures up on these profiles with my address and everything. And one day, after I got the security system and I had the video out there, he's driving past my house. So I ensued in a car chase, chased him down. I saw and, that. Uh, you didn't get to see the conclusion to that, but I put the fear of God back in, Mark. You don't come by my fucking house, buddy. Like, right. And that's when I knew enough's enough, you know? I don't need a creep like that coming by when I got kids, you know? It's a 2.23. All right. So, uh, see my automatic. You should see. Long, man. You should see my automatic. It's, uh, it's not a latte machine. This is for making bottles for children. We we're we, we're doing formula now. We're onto the formula. Give your wife a break of breastfeeding and get one of these baby breezes. I mean, this thing is Holy so shit. badass, right? That's for making baby's milk. Watch this, dude. So normally. You would take this scoop and you'd get the formula and you'd shake a bottle. But my wife was tired of doing that. And I said, honey, do we really need to spend 150 bucks? And yes, you do. So you take the bottle. We're going to do eight ounces and listen to this thing. It's literally mixing a bottle for me, and it's so, I mean, that's pretty bougie, right? But your wife's milk is in the machine already? No, we're just doing formula. So once, oh, shit. <laughs> once you, uh, you know, you can only take so much breastfeeding. Some women do it for years, but, like, it's freaking a lot of work, man, doing breastfeeding. So, you know, some Heard people it feels choose good. to go to formula. Yeah, some people might like the way it feels, but, you know, when you've got a kid with teeth and they're latching down on your nipple, <laughs> and remember, that's kind of my nipple, you know? Like, I still want my wife's boobs, you know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> and trust me, you don't get as much action when you have kids, Nash. Um, it takes a, a, here, 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 let me put you in this arm, hold on. Okay, now you're going to drink me. Silence. <laughs> ah, she's sucking down on eight ounces. Yeah, so, you know, once your wife is pregnant, you know, the sex kind of slows down a little bit. Um, but once they have the child, you know, it takes a few months to, you know, 
recuperate. And uh, so there's going to be a dry spell in your future if you have kids. There's a dry spell right now, thanks to Corona. <laughs> for some. For others, we're just getting frisky as <laughs> yeah, all hell, right? I know. All the people that like just got in relationships right before it happened, they're like straight chilling. A lot of people are breaking up because they realize that like, being stuck with these people for so long, they just can't. People have learned a lot about themselves and a lot about others and during this time. I mean, something that I did during coronavirus, and I haven't actually told this to anybody. So here we go. Spoiler alert, right? <laughs> um, I actually decided to get sober. Oh, um, shit. And this happened basically right when coronavirus started. So I'm almost the, the seven. Worst, the worst time. The worst time. Almost <laughs> seven months sober. I haven't smoked any weed, drank any beers, Congrats, done anything dude. else, any outside issues. And. It's not something I go around toting, but I think that if you listen to our first interview we did compared to this one. We were stoned. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's probably going to, you'll probably hear a difference and grow and hopefully see or hear a growth in, in myself. And you definitely hear a difference. There's definitely an awareness. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you bring a life into this world and I think, you know, my kids deserve having a, a, a dad that's just completely aware and of the surroundings. And, you know, I probably put them at risk a, a few times with my behavior and uh, I don't want to be that dad. I don't want to have regrets. How so? You know, you might have a couple beers and, you know, or, you know, you might be stoned and driving around, you know, and, right. and that, you know, just one wrong turn and some guy hits you or you just a, a, la- a quick lapse of judgment and you might have them in the car or, you know, just even out there doing OC instant news and, mm-hmm. You know, having them in the back seat and seeing a, a great story that I could cover, you know, like just these are all things that you, you know, you just you don't want to get carried away with. And, dude, it's an addiction doing, you know, online media and on social media. That's an addiction in its own self. That reminds me, dude, what was the um, you were like on PCH and you saw some lady get like blown away. What was that? Yeah. And that was one of those things. If, and take that back. If I was completely 100 percent sober like I am today, I would not have done it differently um it was the day it was like january 1st and like there was nobody on the road it was like kind of eerie you know like those and even like the early covid days when no one was out right this was specifically uh um i think it was like new year's day no one was out and i was i had indy in the back seat um she was probably what like one and a half at that point in time and uh i'm about to pull off of riverside onto pch and uh, I wasn't filming anything, but I looked to the left just to make sure there's no traffic. And all of a sudden, like, you know, probably about a mile away, I see this guy swerving down PCH. I'm like, this guy's freaking looking a little bit wild. As he gets closer, he literally dodges this car, gets up on the center divider, and his car spits off to the opposite side of traffic, goes through right where, you know, Billy's at the beach is where you can enter in where the chart house and that parking lot is. And there's a bunch of people. He in these people jump out of the way. He misses the, these people, not by choice. His car's out of control at this point. And he ends up smashing this old lady who's just waiting at the park, uh, the crosswalk. With their family. The rest of the family got out of the way, but the old lady was underneath the car. Oh, fuck. And I'm wit- I witnessed this whole thing. So I go right into my, I got to help this person. If that was my mother, obviously, like, I would want someone to try to, to do whatever it took to, right. to help this situation out. 
I did pull out the camera because, you know, I wanted to document the whole thing. I grabbed Andy out of the back because I just felt like, no, I left her in the back of the car. So this was the controversy. Like yeah. I left her in the back of the car and I ran as fast as I could over to this lady who was underneath a car. There were two other guys on the front and they were asking, we need guys to help pull, you know, push the car off or lift this car up. We, she's underneath the car. I mean, this lady's screaming in pain. And the guy was like wasted, wasn't he? Completely hammered, um, which we didn't know at first. But all this took place where this guy's revving the engine still with her underneath it. So who knows? Like he was were, trying to get away? He just, I don't think he knew what he was doing. But the case is, is that if I had my child in my arms, what help would I have been with a daughter in my arms, you know, to try to save somebody's life with right. glass and gasoline all over the place? The car could have caught in fire. He could have gone forward and hit us in the front. Um, so we, we were able to get the car off and I immediately went right back to where my daughter was locked up in the back of my car. Again, there was nobody on the streets. Um, everyone was really attentive and paying attention to what was going on as right. well. And, uh, that took place. I timed it afterwards cause I started getting some heat from some people like, how could you leave your daughter in the back? But it was like 98% of the people were like, that was the right thing to do. And there's a 2% right. of people that was like. Always going to be kids. How could you do that? I'm like, well, if you had kids and that was your mom, like, what would you have done? Right. So I timed it. It was a minute and 25 seconds that it took me to get across the street and back to her. So I'm like, I think my daughter was okay. And, right. And looking back when she sees this footage, I think she's going to be pretty proud to have a father that would like potentially help save somebody's life. You say potentially did that lady die? She did not die. She, she oh, lived. you said did at first. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, thank God she she survived. They they you know she, we were close to Hogue Hospital, which was right down the street. The ambulance got there. The police got there. And what started? Let me burp this baby. Hold on. All right. She'll probably barf all over me. Why do you have to? Why do you have to burp so after him? you feed him? You got to burp him. Uh, you're learning a lot of, <laughs> the trade of how to be a, a, a father to a young infant. Um, they get like just, you know, their stomachs get milk in there and then they got to get a little burp, a little gas out and then it makes them feel better. So makes them feel better. You'll hear a burp. Can we get that on video or what? Or on audio? So, yeah, that was uh, another situation that took place and the cops showed up and the funniest thing was, as the cops are there, I mean, it was a scene. There's a dude walking down the sidewalk in front of Billy's. He's got a white claw in his back pocket, and he pulls up to the cops. And I forgot what he asked. He, I think he was asking for directions or something. And this guy's just shit face, like, <laughs> and acting like such a Chad, which is my name. And thank God, let's just let's just let's pivot right here. I'm so glad that Karen came out i mean if karen in, in, what's the counterpart with karen it's uh K kenny or karen and what's the dude version the dude version oh of karen. crap um i forgot i'm blanking but there's i think it's karen and kenny or whatever and they are now the two names because chad and brad for a little bit there they were the epitome of like collar poppin puka shell you know <laughs> You know, fraternity frat boys drinking with red cups and playing, you know, beer pong. But and then there's now, Chad Karen. Kroger out there. It's not that that plays right into the uh, right into that stereotype. Totally. 
very funny dudes. It's great. It's great to have Karen around. Um, I ran into a Karen too. That was actually one of the last kind of controversial videos where I documented this lady saving a parking spot with, you know, beach cruisers <laughs> and lawn chairs, chairs down at the beach. And like, I actually drove by it, Galen. This is growth. I said, okay, I'm not going to get involved with this. Right. I drove by, I went and checked the waves. 20 minutes went by and I'm like driving back home down PCH. And I'm like, I'm just going to take one quick glance. If she's still there, then I'm going to say something. Right. So I'm trying to like, you know, pause when agitated. I'm trying to really like be mindful of this. Right. Stuff, right. Know? And like I went back and she was still there saving the spot. So I pulled out the camera. I walked out. <laughs> I, I took all the bikes out of the street and put them on the curb and and then I uh, was, you know, waving. I should have just backed my car in and parked there like I was parking there. But, you know, opened the spot up for someone else. But she didn't like that very much. Wasn't she not from here anyway? It was like no, a rental home? She a rental property. I ended up calling the rental property that had uh, you know, <laughs> Airbnb'd her, her place. And they're like, actually, this residence has already had another complaint today by someone else. So, like, she just was down there, like. On her summer vacation, thought she, you know, can just do whatever she wants, but no, no, no. Not while you're on right. Tito's watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of people. There is kind of like culture down here in Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, all that stuff, whereas like other places that people are from don't really have culture where, you know, there are certain things that happen here that don't happen anywhere else in the world. Totally. I mean, we're a beach community, and I think a lot of beach communities are faced with, you know, these types of, you know, invaders that come in that, mm -hmm. you know, spend time for the weekend, which I'm all about. You know, we got, you know, small businesses that, you know, thrive during the summer months, especially in Newport. And, you know, you're seeing in places like Hawaii right now. I mean, you know, poor Hawaii. If anybody should be, you know, yelling and screaming and crying about, you know, having something taken from them. I mean, they had a complete culture. She just barfed all over me. Uh. You know, a complete culture basically, you know, overtaken by, you know, the the white man so to speak right um, you know what i mean just kind of like what we did with the indians when we came here in, in the americas but it's uh you know the culture of hawaii has been you know they rely on tourist dollars now and everything's been shut down there because of this scamdemic or whatever we want to call it. it's real it's real it, i mean the virus is real the virus is totally real i think that we're being served up a little bit it's become a little bit hysterical. I think we're, mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of posturing from both sides on like the political landscape, which I don't want to be fed a line of bullshit. I just want the straight, real truth. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to uncover what the truth is nowadays. You know, where is the truth out there? You got to search, you got to dig, you got to listen, you got to be open-minded. And people just want to believe the narrative that they get served up from their favorite news channel. And it can't be trusted nowadays. And no. I, I, I think that fake news, that word has kind of been put into a Trump category almost. But like it is so true. I think both sides can agree. Like the news reporting in this day and age is so flawed. And I oftentimes sit there and listen to a newscaster and go, do they even believe what they're even talking about right now? Right. I really, I really seriously doubt most of them they're do. people, too. Yeah. So, yeah, we're in a. We're in a weird time. 
are you afraid of the virus or catching the virus or like what what aspect of it like giving it to other people i think for the most part we're all gonna probably encounter catching coronavirus like Mm -hmm. like a flu at some point of our lives i i uh am i scared in the beginning i was really scared you know i i i really kind of bought into the whole thing like i i wanted to take it pretty seriously and as time has continued to go by like you told me it was going to be, you know, two weeks. You told me three weeks. You know, we, we'd flatten the curve. And I think everyone really did a great job, you know, masking up, social mm-hmm. distancing, being very mindful of this. But the curve really, like, what happened? Like, you just kept shutting our, our great state down and our country down. And, you know, people have died because of this. And mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunate, but we've got to get back to living life, you know? And if people feel very threatened or they're high risk, I think they need to take more precautions than other people. Um, if I'm out in Orange County per se, where our rules are a little bit more relaxed, um, I'm not wearing a mask out in, in, in the public sector. Like I'm getting my fresh air, but I'm respecting any business that requests you to wear a mask before going in. I, I think that's important. And look, if I feel a little sick, damn right. If I was, if I felt sick and I was going out right now, uh, that would be so disrespectful not to wear a mask, mm-hmm. even even outside. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think people that that have a responsibility. But how can we how can we manage and micromanage every single person that is you know going to walk out of their house today? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's virtually impossible. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all need to be mindful and smart and use our brains, which a lot of people don't like to use, you know, now more than ever. Like, right. And just stop acting with emotion and start, you know, put the lotion in the basket, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think that masks are something that are going to stay around forever in a certain capacity, because before this, like Asian people and Asian cultures, whenever they had the cold or flu, they would go out and they would wear masks as to not spread it to other people. And I think that aspect of it will stick around forever. Cause like, why would, if I have the flu or if I'm, you know, if I have a cold and I want KFC, somebody to go get KFC. I mean, how hard is it to just put on the mask while I'm in the drive through if I'm, if I am sick in, you know, five years from now. But I don't know. I feel like I don't, I don't get the whole anti-mask crowd where they're like, like, so against it like i'm gonna go inside costco without and if they kick me out they kick me out i'm gonna post it it's like what dude just where the who cares just wear the mask while you're inside like i don't i don't yeah, get I think that. that i think it really is you know people are big on their amendment rights you know and the you know and freedom of speech is big for you you know what mm-hmm. i mean so you care about freedom of speech you I don't do. want to be silenced you mm-hmm. know what i mean and you know putting a mask over someone's face is kind of you know telling them what to do which I think that's that's what their issue is with it and they right. want to be free to do what they want to do and that's what makes America great like we do have our freedoms but they mm-hmm. continue to strip them away from us and uh, you know whether you believe in like being able to own a gun or not you know like th- these are all slippery slopes like we are here today this is where our culture is and you know we're a great nation um, but the solution is finding people that are actually going to come up with solutions and talk narrative that are going to bring us together, not divide us. And mm-hmm. like, no matter what side you talk to, they both feel like the other side is dividing us. Right. So there's gotta be, it, it starts with the people that, that, that are running our country. Right. Like, right. We, 
I think it's safe to say on both sides. We've got a couple of people that are up there that aren't the greatest human beings, so to speak. You right. Know what I mean, so it's not like this guy's better than that guy, right? But right. It's like the choice we had prior. You want to choose Hillary Clinton or do you want to choose Donald Trump, you know? It's so weird because I think the whole – because I'm not, like, political at all. And so I don't – I'm not just, like uh, – so, like, I think when I registered to vote this year, I put, like, the – like nothing when like I'm just in the middle because yeah. I'm, I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. Cause I see points from both sides and I disagree with points from both sides. I'm not political at all, but I'm just like, damn, you know, like, like, do I want the borders wide open? No, but do I want to have guns? Yeah. It's like, I don't, so it's like, there's so many things where I'm just like, if I were to like make a tally chart that I would be like, I'm pretty much in the middle. So I don't get, I think that having a two party system is extremely flawed. Yep. Where's that third party? Like it, it's up there. Like the, the, independent liberal like middle party is actually a party but there's never They'll been someone never, that's emerged yeah. like <laughs> the so last the last re- the last president that wasn't republican or democrat was like way like in the 1800s the whig party but they just they just disappeared i don't know what that i, I don't know what john wick was the party john like, wick <laughs> come on that's the wick party that we need right just <laughs> wax everybody i think i think the funny thing is is like you get all these people now and i grew up in a different generation than you did but mm-hmm. Back in the day, there were no cameras. There weren't cameras on every business, outside every door, you know, every ring cam. Uh, social media wasn't anywhere. I mean, right. we didn't even have cell phones. I had beepers in high school, right? So th- that ideology, you know, there, you used to settle your shit with like, you know, if you wanted to scrap, you you could fight, you know, in the backyard, you know, at the, at, you know behind right. the school, you know, like. And you'd really walk away from a guy that you got in a fight with and he'd be your buddy now, right? right? Like you'd settle your differences. And and now people don't get open hand slapped to the face. You know what I mean? They don't right. know what it's like. They just sit there and talk shit. And when someone says, oh, I heard this guy was talking shit about you. You know what I say? I'm like, and what? Right. The guy's talking shit about me. Do you know what we talk? You know, you know what we. The, you're a shit talker. Like, mm-hmm. is that is that a good thing to be a shit talker? Like, that don't sound. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. I'd cry over it, you know. <laughs> but those shit talkers can get away with so much nowadays, you know. Right. And it's just, it's no way people need to be held. Ac- it's okay. It's all right. I think people need to be held accountable for their actions. So I'm waiting for the app that like exposes these trolls. Like right. you're going to go on and talk about someone's children and, and you know, and, and this and that. Well, this app shows exactly who you are. No, I actually had uh, this guy. There's this open mic guy uh, who started this spot in like Long Beach and he would basically uh, exploit brand new open micers for money and he was like a brand new open micer himself and so he like just rented out this spot and he would host like feedback mics and make these brand new people who didn't know any better like pay him money and he'd like watch their set and like give them feedback but it was just a scam and so i started calling this dude out after he made before this i didn't care uh Before all this, I didn't really like. I didn't. I didn't care too much. Like it's just kind of like you. You do you. I'll do me. Whatever. And then he made this burner account. So I grew up with Instagram, Facebook, all this stuff. So I know the ins and outs of burner accounts and stuff. So I could figure it out very quickly. I figured out that this dude made this burner account, 
uh, and started, he messaged me this long paragraph, like all, like you suck, like all this stuff, like fuck you. And I was just like, yo, I figured it out. And I responded very quickly with just, oh, hey, Joe, uh, next time I'm at the improv, I'll put your name on the guest list. Thanks. And that's all I said. And then a week later he replied like, oh, like my bad. I'm sorry. Like blah, blah, blah. But it's like, dude, like people will make burner accounts instead of this dude coming up and being like, hey, like whatever. And then I ended up exposing the dude for all the things that I just mentioned. And then his business ended up going out of business. And so it's like, dude, it's like people will poke. He poked the wrong bear in the wrong day and he lost his business because of it. But it's it's weird because you're right. People just talk shit instead of like, like, are, is me and me and that guy, are we going to like fist fight? No, but it's just, it was just so weird. Yeah. It's uh, it's how do you handle these situations that you might kind of find baffling that you might be even overwhelming at times. Right. right. And it's like, how do you handle that? Because as soon as somebody's occupying space in your brain, that's like taking away from like having great thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. productive thoughts, things that you could like potentially change humanity while you're sitting there stewing over some troll account. That's like right. saying something that it, it, there's no relevance there. Like you're just a nobody. You're a blank in the whole entire situation. But as soon as that thought can get in your head and start festering inside your brain, like that can create you into being a negative person. So mm-hmm. like really like, killing people with kindness is is an actually a, a great way to go about it and being being confident in who you are as a person like people don't know me right they don't know what my life my day-to-day is people would always say like oh you're just out there go pay attention to your children like <laughs> dude you have no clue how much time i spend with my kids like, like just right now because you see me post something on a story which is a 15 second clip and maybe those all add up to maybe like 10 minutes dude like I can do something in 10 minutes that you can't do with 10 hours. Okay. So like right. some of us are a little bit more proficient at things than others. Some of us can whistle while we work. Some people just can't. Right. Right. Some people can video while they drive. It's not safe all the time, <laughs> but you know, some people are more talented at certain things than other people. And I think everybody has those talents, right? Right. Everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses, but to go in on somebody because you believe that you disagree with, you know, something that they may be doing. Cut that shit. That shit ain't doing you no good. That's just, you're just harboring ill will for somebody else. It's just taking up space in your brain. I, I, I'm in a place in my life right now where like, dude, I don't want to follow people that I don't really care about. Like if, if I'm looking at their stuff and I'm like, okay, I don't even know this person and why am I following them? Right. Or I'm just following this person because I don't like them and I want to say something negative in a comment. Like, that's ugly. That ain't ain't it. You know what I mean? Like, so I I challenge anybody out there that like, if you're following me just to see me fail, just to see a train wreck that you think is going to happen, like, don't follow me. Like, for real. Go follow someone that inspires you. You know, so, you know, I'm trying to surround myself around positive people. You know what I mean? It's like, right. It's such a better place. People like Galen Nash, like that's the guys I want to follow. Right. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause I do see you out there doing all this stuff. And like, I follow, uh, and I watch all your stories and you're always, you're always promoting small businesses. You're always promoting water grill. You're always promoting smokers land. And like, you're putting 
uh, it's, you know, it'd be to a point where like, if I was at like a party and someone's like, yo, where's like, where's a good tobacco shop or where, uh, dude, like potatoes, you know, it's like, I'd be like, yo, OCS news, look at the stories, the dudes, all these posts, all this stuff. Uh, oh, he's getting antsy. Let me ask you one, one last question then before we get out of here. Uh, you're training for fighting. And my friend, uh, asked, wanted me to ask, have you ever been in a street fight and did you win that or lose that? I've had my ass handed to me before. Like I can tell you plenty of, you know, situations. And I was always a guy that like would stand up for the weak people. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like someone's getting bullied. I'm going to go step in for this person. I've gotten punched in the face plenty of times. You know what I mean? So like, um, I think, I think, uh, you know, misconception is like, you know, might might come across as kind of like a pretty pretty boy or something. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> you know, I like to mix it up. You know, I'm right. I'm feisty. I am a fighter. You know what I mean? But like, the moment martial arts came into my life, you know, specifically started with jujitsu and shout out art of jujitsu. Um, you really you really learn how how humbling it is to be a martial artist. And like these guys that are fighting in the UFC these days, like, bro, these guys are so freaking gnarly. Like, it's yeah. just. It, it you Bruh. know and and now more than ever like people walking around you can misjudge somebody so fast and think this guy's a total nerd mm-hmm. he will wrap you up and put you to sleep before you know what happened to you mm-hmm. so you know i thought i was a scrappy dude and i've been in a in quite a few street fights i think the what was the la- i mean i got <laughs> i got i got in a fight with a kid at a surf contest like uh, when i was a kid okay um, i was like oh this guy <laughs> was a uh, you know he had bullied my, uh, he, he kind of, I think he had bullied my brother and I was out in the heat and he, he like tried to snake me. And then we came to the beach and like, I was always the guy that never would throw the first punch. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I've gotten my, you know, smashed quite a few times. You know, I can take a pretty good punch, you know? So right. this guy straight hit me so hard. He broke his hand on my face. Oh. Um, and we ensued in a, in a scrap right there in front of everybody. Like, so like I've done stupid shit. I mean, one time my brother was getting bullied at Harbor high school. This is a good story. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So this is like the ultimate story. I mean, my brother told this at, at my wedding. Um, he was my best man. Shout out punker Pat. So this white supremacist guy slapped my brother in the face. Okay. I'm on break. I'm a senior at CDM. I ended up going to Corona Del Mar. My brother went to Harbor long story on why that happened but i'm on break lunch break he calls me up and says hey this guy you know slapped me in the face so older brother mentality i threw a pair of steel toe doc martens on (laughs) walked down the street because we live right next to harbor high school my buddy at the time chucky who's making snap four right now logan Doolian, he uh worked in the uh, library so he knew where everybody's classes were he looked up this kid (laughs) he's like He's in this class. So I went to his class and happened to be on the second story. How and much I, older than you? How much older are you than your brother? Two and? years. Okay. Two years older than my brother. And I walk up and there's the guy sitting in class, like pretty much front row. And I'm like, hey, I signal to him. Hey, like, come out here. This guy walks out of his, in the middle of his class, walks out. Okay. Now we're on this like ledge and everybody in Harbor High School could see from th- at this veranda that we were in. <laughs> and they didn't realize what was about to go down until the action started. But in this case, I did throw the first punch, but the first punch wasn't a punch. I open handed slap this kid in the face because he slapped my brother. Right. So I slapped him across to. the face and dude, my hand was like stinging from this slap. Like it was a straight Nick Diaz, 
Nate Diaz stalked and slapped at the face. Before the stalked and slap was a slap, it was an Uncle Tito slap. The face, right? <laughs> this guy um, looks at me, and he ends up freaking punching me in the head really hard. Scrap ensues. I mean, punches were thrown. I got the best of the situation. People are throwing papers out of their windows. The screaming is all going on. There was a movie called Three O'Clock High back in the day in the 80s. It was kind of like one of these situations where like everybody was just just loving the situation. So the principal wasn't too happy of Harbor High School. And we had to go to the principal's office. He walked out after getting scolded by the principal. The principal has me in. His name was Mr. Gata. And Mr. Gata, I'm sitting there. And again, I'm on someone else's school property <laughs> and I sit down. I think I'm getting in some big trouble because first of all, Mr. Towersy, I don't want to ever see you on my campus again. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to, you're not going to, I'm not going to call your school. You're not going to get suspended, but I want you to stand up. So I stand up and this guy was big. He, he like built like Schwarzenegger big dude. Really? Mr. Gator was an intimidating principal. I'm like, holy shit, what's this guy going to do? He reaches his hand out and he, he goes, I just want to shake your hand. I'm really glad you kicked that kid's ass because he was a real <laughs> punk. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was the last street fight. I actually got in a little uh, boxing match across the street at the school with this kid uh, like five or six months ago. Like he called me out on social media and I just threw on the gloves and went down there. Like, and had a like what kind of call? At least like you won't show up type of thing. Yeah, it was wild, dude. And like 80 young people kids this kid was 21 years old he was like 6'3 6'4 215 20 pounds i mean jacked i mean in the prime of his life dude he looked like drago from the movie rocky right so i show up i show up first of all i didn't know it was actually going to go down because he was supposed to dm me but i get all these dms so i didn't see any messages from this guy after he called me out on the live i'm sitting in my front yard this kid Cole drives rides his bike down the street and he's we were talking and all of a sudden these cars start driving by my house and like people are like snickering and laughing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right <laughs> now, dude? Like, Tito, you gonna fight Cole O'Neill right now? I'm like, I didn't even know I was going down. They're like, Yeah, he's coming to the park right now. I'm like, All right. And I had this long ass hair at the time. So I grabbed a beanie, grabbed my boxing gloves, walked across the street to this park. And, dude, the parking lot was full. I mean, full of, like, you know, 18 to 23-year-olds. And they were hyped up. They're like, <laughs> I can't believe you're doing this, dude. Have you seen this guy? I'm like, no, I've never seen this guy besides him being on my live and calling me out. Like, they're like, oh, Tito, you don't know what you're in for. I'm like, what does he look like? They're like, you'll see. This guy gets out of his car oh, and walks across the parking lot. And the cheers are just erupting, like, his thigh muscles were like both of my legs together were one of his thighs. I mean, oh, like, and he had the short shorts on. So his thighs were just bulging as he's walking over. And I'm like, this guy's massive, dude. I'm like, this is going to be freaking nuts. He shows up. He's got these, you know, eight ounce boxing gloves. I'm like, dude, I told you 16 ounce gloves, dude. I'm like, I, I ran across back to my house, grabbed him some boxing gloves, brought him for him. And dude, this scrap went down, dude, this boxing match. And it was epic. And really? This guy punched really hard, but I've got all the footage and 
I would say if there was a scorecard being written down, I won that fight. Really? Yeah, I felt yeah, like I, I lost you... because he hit me a couple times so hard. I had two black eyes. He might have broke my nose because I had two black eyes. I don't know. But it was it was just epic. The fact that I walked through and everyone there knew that this guy, I mean, stud high school, you know, football player, like just came from the gym. Right. Even be running a cycle. You know, I mean, the guy was fucking gnarly, dude. And I I'm 40 years old. Like, what am I doing, <laughs> you know, with someone half my age in his prime? But like, I feel like I'm in my prime right now, dude. You know what I mean? So I love I love, you know, but I'm doing it in the ring now, like headgear mouthpiece you know boxing gloves like it's a great workout i think everyone should like do some martial arts it, it's really humbling that's really one more thing that just popped up right now that yeah. that's freaking awesome and you should post the video at some point i did but then like people got the this company that i worked for that i don't work for anymore they got all upset you know really people got mad people get mad about stuff i post i talked about jerking off the other day i thought it was <laughs> I'm like dude i'm also kind of a you know, I, I do have some funny bones. Like, you know, like the fact that I'm talking about spanking my monkey, like shouldn't it be like a big <laughs> deal. Like I, I like to laugh. Right. That's funny. Well, now that you don't work for that company, could you post the video? Yes, I think I'm going to. I got the okay. video. I'm going to probably yeah. repost it. Edit that up and throw that yeah. out. Uh, someone just replied. I reposted uh, your story and someone replied right now and said, this fucker got me on his kook of the day once with a bunch of laughing emojis. <laughs> He was on, on I he was on Kook of the Day. Yeah. Which Wh- what was that? I don't know. Let me ask him. Which which video was uh things make it on Kook of the Day that I've posted before? I don't know. I've had what, a couple. What 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 is Kook of the Day? Kook of the Day is a big viral uh kind of beach content site. Dude, you don't follow Kook of the Day? K O T D? Come on now. Shout no. out Kook of the Day, man. <laughs> you got to follow Kook of the Day. They're they're awesome, dude. I love Kook of the Day great content guys just like i mean anything that happens kooky i mean he's getting tagged he's got like one of the original og handles out there and they and just he post- almost he's probably approaching a million followers i would imagine uh, i do remember one video that you posted but didn't someone get their car stuck in the sand that car stuck in sand i had surfboards oh, flying off shit. on the freeway um uncle tito rescued their soft tops <laughs> this is the video yeah, bro, I picked this new board up at a garage sale. It's pretty sweet. I mean, as you can see, it's a little bit smaller than the typical dick dragging vessel. Yeah, di- he's, he's got a dick dragging vessel. I wrap it around my ankle and I just El Rolo. I love how someone would save that video. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. He had it up real quick. I said, haha, what was the video we're talking about on the pod right now? And boom, and it Dude, came you want to see some seconds. dad talents? Look at that. What's that? What's that right there in my arms? A sleeping baby? That's a sleeping baby. That's While talking. Being That's a impressive. daddy whisperer, dude. They call me <laughs> Swaddle Daddy, dude, because I know how to swaddle the baby. And you'll find out what swaddling is one day, too. <laughs> All right, man. As we approach the final uh, final minute of the podcast, you know that I leave the final minute of the podcast to the guest to say whatever, plug whatever, do whatever, ask whatever. So this next minute is all you, Uncle Tito. I feel like I've been doing all the talking, Galen. So I'm just going to, like, thank you for, you know, getting out of your uh, dad's house where your room is still which you're saving rent all the angels fatigue actually i, mean, I actually pay rent yeah okay, well even better you're contributing that <laughs> unlike most of these uh you know kids nowadays that's really cool and honorable and like you're a good guy dude i i dig what you're up to uh i'm gonna say i i knew that guy one day when you're all big time you know maybe we'll be on saturday night live maybe we'll be on it together who maybe, knows maybe i hope but, so um you know 
just uh you know shine the light of love and compassion and and try to just you know stay in your own lane these days because there's nothing worse than like always looking over your shoulder you know so if you can learn anything from me like know that it's uh it's it's okay to be human like we're spiritual beings having a human experience you know and here we are in the skin sack right now right <laughs> having a, a podcast so just sh- show the love and stand up for yourself, you know, be you like, don't be someone else that you might be seeing out there. Like that's got a, a you know, a JLo butt, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you got a tight little ass, like use your own assets, you know, whether that's a guy's ass or whatever you're into it, whatever <laughs> floats your boat, like stay open-minded. And, uh, it's been great catching up with you here in the AC at, at the, the Towersy compound. So very nice. Been doing them in like parks and stuff and it's been hot as hell. So, yeah, I appreciate well, the AC. I'm, I'm glad we could shine the put put a little AC on you. And I got this sleeping baby and another one about to be. What time is it? Uh, three o'clock. Three o'clock. That's when I wake up, Indy. So it's perfect. Timing. Perfect timing. That was epic. Thank you, dude. Thanks for doing the pod, Uncle Tito. We salute you.